0: Okay, it's my honor today to uh, bring you the message. And we are in starting a series in, uh, called The Way of Jesus. Now, last week, uh, for those who were here, you were, would have picked up this guide. Our intern pastor uh, has prepared this for us and it's something that you can actually use. But um, it's my honor today to actually uh, get, start off with the first of the seven markers that are laying the framework that explains what following Jesus looks like. So I would encourage you to do that. So, as I said, the first marker that is the framework to help us explain what Jesus looks like is this statement, I have begun following Jesus and I'm depending on the spirit of Jesus in my journey. I began following Jesus when I was seven years old. It was a Friday night children's meeting where I responded to the invitation to accept Jesus into my heart. When I heard the verse, that said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Somehow, as a seven-year-old, I grasped that. I don't know how. Now, At seven years old, did I understand what following Jesus looked like? No. At seven years old, did I understand what it meant to follow in his footsteps? No. Did I, at seven years old, comprehend what it meant to walk as Jesus walked? No. But what I did grasp, what I was loved by Jesus, that's what somehow my heart connected with at that children's meeting 55 years ago. See, following Jesus started with me somehow through the grace of God, his heart helping me to open up to accept his love. So I wanted to lay that foundation for you, first of all, because when we think about following Jesus, it's not like following a diet, a plan. There's a relationship. What, why I started following Jesus was the love of Jesus compelled me. And what I would like to do in these next few minutes is to share with you... How I have been able to follow Jesus through the years, through the stages, through the seasons of my life. They are three intentional choices that I made, that I, can, that I make, and I will continue to hopefully make as I move forward in my journey. I have chosen to turn my life, this is the first choice I've made, I've chosen to turn my life, my pain, and my will over to the care of God and under the leadership of Jesus Christ. I want us to turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. This is a very well known uh, passage when it comes to understanding what um, Jesus asks of us. Then he said to them, If anyone would come after me, He must deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow me. You know, I remember in my 20s. I'd be talking with my Christian buddies and we would be looking at that particular verse and we would be kind of discussing what does it really mean to deny deny ourselves and take up the cross? What does that really look like? I probably some of you might have been in the youth of that time, would have heard, we probably would have had Bible studies on what this particular verse meant. What did it mean? What does it mean to deny myself? What does it mean to uh, take up the cross? I kind of laughed back in that because at that point in my life, I was living at home. I, was, I had no major, no major responsibilities. Um, I was kind of coming and going as I pleased. And most likely, my thought of denying myself was probably like denying myself going to McDonald's after you know, for a few days. That's kind of like where my mind was at in terms of understanding what denying Jesus really looked like. By the time I got to my 30s, life started to happen. I'd been married for 10 years, and Dorothy and I were well on our way to uh, raising our family. And I certainly had ambitions. I had thoughts and, and about where God would be leading me. I had thoughts about what I would like to be doing with my life, and it was actually in ministry. I really believed that God, that was my call in my life. But things started to happen to me that weren't exactly what I thought God was doing. Um, I had some unemployment. There were some career changes, there was some financial hardship, and I began to be realizing, hmm, this isn't exactly what I really thought life was going to be like. When I reached my 40s, I experienced um, health issues, what seemed like one after another, Uh, coupled with more unexpected unemployment and some series of some very personal disappointments that made me really question, am I on the right track here? Is this what following Jesus really actually looks like? Not really prepared for what was coming along my way. When I was going through those times, I I just want to share with you, I believe I have it here, something I wrote in uh, my journal in August 2006, and this is pretty, pretty dark stuff, but this is kind of what I was wrestling with in terms of, again, thinking, when I surrender my will to God, what does that look like? No, it's more than just denying yourself McDonald's for a few days. There's things that are happening in my life. What is that looking like? It's kind of not, it's not kind of corresponding with what I thought. In 2006, this is what I wrote. My horizon is all messed up. Hope seems to have vanished. There's nothing that I'm currently doing that gives me a sense of, of purpose and meaning. In every area of my life, I feel a sense of rejection and failure. Has anybody felt like that sometimes? That's how I was feeling at that point in my life. And I was, I was grappling with this understanding of of what it meant to surrender my life to God to Jesus what it meant to follow him when I was going through those dark seasons in my life the question I was asking myself was I really walking in Jesus footsteps that's an interesting question I'm gonna leave that to just sit with you by the time I reached my 50s um, I guess at that point in my life in our life and by the way, I just want to make this um, comment too, that as I was going through this, I want to recognize my, my wife, Dorothy, who had to put up with this journey I was on. It wasn't just me alone. Yes, it was God and the Holy Spirit, but it was actually my wife, Dorothy, who really did, um, in her best way she could, help me through this process. And sometimes, i if you talk to her, it wasn't necessarily a pretty process when someone's grappling with understanding purpose and meaning in life. By the time I reached my 50s, we had, uh, I think, we we're in our sort of our 30-year anniversary uh, time in our life. Our boys were all married. We were, uh, had our first grandchild. And then I got a call from my office on a sunny day in September from my son Kevin, who at that time was 29 years old, four years ago this, this month, this last month, saying, Dad, you better come home. He'd just been to the oncologist, and the oncologist had given them the news that we would never expected would happen. You've got a very aggressive can't brain cancer, and your prognosis for living isn't very much. I remember being in the office, in my office, and my knees just, like, gave way at that point. But then I know I needed to, 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 to ground myself and really realize that I can't crumble at this point. I've got to take the... I've got to do what I need to do, so we came home that day. He brought the whole family in, all of his brothers and sister-in-laws and Dorothy and I. Dorothy came home from work that day, and we just um, tried to process this. I mean, we, Kevin had been, we knew there was a tumor. Uh, It had been discovered back in in April of that same year, but we, and I guess we just didn't know the seriousness of this. So we processed this the best way we can, and um, we continue to process this because, thank God, he's still living. He was given a very short prognosis in terms of life expectancy, but after four years, he is with us still. He's a survivor he's fighting but I want to just highlight for you um, something I've read from Tim Keller's book entitled walking with God through pain and suffering in chapter 11 in the book he titles his title is walking and this is what it says he walks with us but the real question is will we walk with him if we have created a false god of my program then when life falls apart, we simply assume he will abandon us and we won't seek him. This is important to consider because we all know that suffering not only refines, it can also harden and consume. Plenty of people have been broken by suffering, terribly broken. So what are you to do in order to grow instead of being destroyed by suffering? And this is what he says. The answer is... We must walk with God. We must walk with God. And that was basically a decision, a choice that I've made when I consider what's kept me on track is that embracement of the reality that, um, that if, if this is what it means to follow Jesus, it means that I will surrender my will to His purposes. The second intentional choice I've made in walking the ways of Jesus is depending upon His spirit. I want to have us turn to John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. John 14 verses 16 and 17. Again, this is a very well-known passage. This is Jesus' words to His disciples, "And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever." the Spirit." truth, the spirit of truth when I accepted Jesus 55 years ago did I know what that meant? no I did not know what the spirit of truth was when I was uh, 7 years old did I understand that um, the Holy Spirit was going to create in me there was going to be fruits of the spirit and I was going to be able to actually have his power live in me to be able to produce the things that he wants, to change my character, to change um, my attitudes and behavior. At age seven, I didn't understand that. But what did compel me to follow Jesus was his love. His love compelled me. But as I've grown through the stages, when I've grown through the uh, seasons, the years of my life, I have come to recognize that with the Spirit is everything to make the Christian life work. Uh, Dorothy and I are, you know, huge. we have been huge fa- uh, fans of, of, of the musical reality shows. And if probably if I was to take a poll here in this room, we'd, maybe some of us would be voice fans. Some of us would be maybe American Idol fans. Dorothy and I got into a show called The X Factor, back when it was on. It, didn't, it only lasted three seasons. Does anyone remember The X Factor? Some of us, okay. So the premise of that particular show was that they believed that it wasn't just a good voice, it wasn't just ha- a pretty face. They believed that there was something called The X Factor that really was the difference to make someone uh, rise and become a star. I believe that is what the Spirit is in the Christian life, the X factor. If you get my where I'm going with that. Simply put, the Holy Spirit is what makes following Christ doable. Simply put, the Holy Spirit is what enables me to walk in His footsteps. Simply put, the Holy Spirit empowers me to walk as Jesus walks. Simply put, the, ho- the Holy Spirit, Christ's Spirit living me is the one who transforms my attitudes, my behaviors to become more Christ-like. Paul explains uh, in Galatians that, um, and we're going to turn to that Galatians chapter 5, and we, I'm sure you've probably turned to this many times if you've been a follower of Jesus. Let's just look at that verse in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self control. I can personally say that without depending upon the spirit, without the choice of depending upon the spirit of God in my journey throughout these last years of living um, since I became a follower of Jesus 55 years ago I know that I would not be here tonight or today preaching. That's just the truth. Uh, I would say that for anyone who's investigating faith, you're looking into Christ, you're looking, maybe you're looking and saying, uh, I, maybe I'm interested in following Jesus. I want to just give you this heads up that you can only go so far in following Jesus. You can try to live like Him. You can attempt to live like Him the best way possible. But without the Spirit, it's going to go sideways and south pretty quick. So what does that mean in my life in terms of how that particular reality has worked out? Well, I really believe that it's the spirit of Jesus, depending upon the spirit of Jesus, that has allowed, given me the peace, has given me the patience at times to deal with some of the... the um, The disappointments that I've had yes it's been some wrestling with God I've had some challenges in terms of letting go of my will but when I've surrendered and trusted the Holy Spirit I have found that he has enabled me to trust him more so as we live day to day with the reality of Kevin's cancer he gives me the peace he gives Dorothy and I the peace that we can trust him because he is the one who's in control. I can't say another way. I, I, I really want to, uh, I know that maybe some of you are going through those kinds of challenges in your life. Depend upon the Holy Spirit. That's what he's asking us to do. I would say that it's the Holy Spirit that allows me to be able to. Um, be transformed maybe slowly but he's been transforming me with my attitudes and my behaviors where I would want to do something this way he's directing me this way and he's given me the peace that surpasses all comprehension the third intentional choice I've made in addressing How following Jesus has made a difference in my life is fixing my eyes on Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. We sang about it this morning already. Thank you very much for leading us in that regards. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down, at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 33 years ago, I uh, wrote a song. I wrote a lot of songs, but this particular song I wrote, and it goes like this. Created me a single-minded focus to run the race you've called me to I want to run with strength and perseverance to finish well is all I want to do. But demands of this life, there's so many. Lord, it's hard to keep this point of view. Many things cry out for my attention. Lord, it's hard to keep my eyes on you. I was in my 30s when I wrote that song. I believe that... um, Kevin, our second, was just born at that time, so we still had a pretty young family. And I most likely at that point, that was a desire of my heart. It was, truly. I remember actually writing that lyrics of that song in my heart in that foyer as I was a youth pastor at that time. And I remember we were going through this time of, of intensity around just uh, wanting to walk in the Spirit as a church. And, and I was really uh, energized by the reality of that. But folks, demands of this life Become a reality. So, um, as I put those words down, I want to let you know that there's constantly been a demand in my life to get sidetracked from that, to get sidetracked off the focus of Christ. It can come through lots of different. It can come through good things. It doesn't have to always be through dark places. It can be good. It can be an. It could be a a particular. Uh, uh, opportunity to grow up in your country, I'm sorry, in your company, and to be promoted, to be able to, uh, to begin economically, to be able to be more blessed. Um, there are lots of things that can, that can actually sidetrack us in good ways, and also there's things that can happen in our life that can really, by disappointment, by dr- broken dreams, actually take us off course. But the cry of my heart has always been that I might maintain a single-minded focus in my life. And I have done that by intentionally, intentionally meditating on Scripture and coming before the Lord with the cries of my heart. By intentionally making time with God as much as I can. I do it in the morning. That's my time. I get up. My first thing I do is I go to my, my green chair. I might be tired, I may be falling asleep sometimes, but I say, "This is what I want to do first thing in the day." By intentionally doing that, I am saying I want to allow the God's word to shape my heart and my mind, and through daily confession and thanksgiving for His blessings. it keeps me grounded. It it keeps me aligned. It, 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 It allows me to reconnect with Jesus' love for me and the desire that I have to want to walk in Jesus' ways. So, let's summarize. We started off today talking about this truth, this first of the seven marks of, uh, following Jesus I have begun following Jesus and I'm depending on the spirit of Jesus in my journey I've suggested to you this morning that I've made three intentional choices that I continue to make day by day in my Christian life to turn the first one to turn my life my pain and my will over the care of God and under the leadership of Jesus Christ Secondly, I have made an intentional choice to walk with Jesus by depending on His Spirit, and the third, I have made an intentional choice to fix my eyes on Jesus. So as I bring this uh, message to a close, you've heard my story. How's your story going? How's things going for you? I would look scan across this room today and I would think that if you're a follower of Jesus, you would be able to identify with some of the things I've talked about in terms of the desires of your heart. I would say that most of you, if not all of you, at one point in your life were compelled by the love of Jesus. That's what drew you into faith. That's what drew you to start this walk to begin with. And I believe that there are those here who had started with the intention of surrendering your will to Him, giving your life to Him. And even though the demands were coming in, you were able to manage that, and you were really strong, and you desired to finish well. And I believe there's also, your intention was to fix your eyes on Jesus. I, I believe that. But what I believe the Lord is calling us today at Hillside to do is is to speak to some of these folks who, and I really felt this when I was preparing this message, I believe that there are some of you who are really feeling weary. Like you're really feeling like this walk is tough. And somehow you've gotten discouraged in the process. That you've got somehow off track. And the love of Christ is kind of vanished. Like you're not really drawn to that anymore. It's kind of like more like work than it is a relationship. I believe that the Lord is saying to you today, let my love compel you. Let my love compel you. I believe that he's saying to you, do not let your heart be discouraged come and walk with me again. There are also, I believe, some folks in this place who have gotten a bit lazy. And you started strong. You were gung-ho for Christ, loved Jesus, but again, the demands of life just got in the way. And at the end of the day, you just have gotten kind of off kilter. And you have perhaps allowed other things to sort of become more of a priority in your life. Maybe perhaps it's, it's Bible, just simply getting up and, and whatever time of day you used to or have has spent time with God, that's kind of been replaced by other things. Things that are really legitimate, by the way. Things that really are important. And, and we know life has its complexities. So I'm not here to uh, point the finger, but I am here to encourage you that if you think about a race, um, you think about that, uh, that analogy of running the race with strength and perseverance, um, what we need is we need fuel for that. And we need to have the spirit in us, we need to have the word of God in us that we can be able to actually to run and, and, and finish well. The invitation to that group of people in this room today is that you would first of all let the love of Christ compel you. That you would actually just allow, through His Spirit, the grace of God to come in and just renew that first love in your life. And I would also suggest to you, and is that there might be some things this morning, and I'm saying this for both the groups that are, that are feeling weary, as well as the group that's um, perhaps got sidetracked, feeling that there's just lots of things that have kind of come in your life that have just sort of taken over. I would just ask you to think about this image just for a moment. Think about the image of, say, have a of here being that you've got no, there's nothing happening in terms of your relationship with Christ. In other words, things are really, really maybe dark. They're just, they're just, there's nothing, no movement. And over here, there is, you're running on all cylinders. The fuel is strong. You're running and you're doing well. Now, I want to know where you place yourself. If if this is it over here and this is really strong in your faith, where, where, do you, where do you stand? Where do you sit? And my call to you today is actually to use this moment to in the quietness of this room just to come and, and let God's Spirit speak to you. I've asked the prayer team to come up. And when in a moment, and when I do that, I really believe there's some of you that need to be called forward to make this to, to, re, to recommit your life to the Lord to, to to really set your alignment right again. And I want to just I want to say this isn't something that Hillside does a lot. I know in my own personal life, coming forward out of a chair in a service, I found that to be incredibly powerful because what it's doing is it's saying that I actually want to do something. And and it's kind of like before my uh to m- for my uh, uh fellow hillsiders, I'm I'm making a statement. But you know what? It's not the only way. I want to make that opportunity this morning. You might want to go back to your home group and talk about it more. Maybe there's been some things that have really sort of rattled you, maybe got you thinking a little bit more, maybe has kind of caused you to look inside and be able to say well what's going on in my life am i where am i am i uh, how, how are those things that bill was talking about in terms of fixing my eyes in christ um, what is it like am i dependent upon the spirit um, am i surrendering my life to the lord is that something that that, I, that i'm doing and to come to terms with that you might want to talk to your home group you might just want to sit there in the quietness of this room and to be able to allow God's spirit to speak to you. You may want to just lean over to somebody and say, could you pray for me? I really also believe that there's folks here that have some very, very specific barriers that are keeping you from moving forward, from keeping you in terms of walking with Jesus. And I really believe that some of those kinds of barriers, they need prayer sometimes. They're not all the time, but that sometimes they just need someone praying with you, someone praying for God's intervention to come in and to be able to start that healing so that you can be able actually to walk with Jesus and feel His love compel you. So what I'm going to do this morning, and just as we finish off here, is I'm going to do a song. And I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. And... I'm just going to then invite those of you who wish to be prayed for to do so. If you want to just sit in terms of silence, I'm I'm okay with that too. But this is an opportunity for us just to reflect on what's been said today and to allow God's spirit to hear him say, come, come. I want to walk with you. Come walk with me. So I'll have the prayer team come up now. You got my full attention Distractions have been removed You got my full attention silence of this room. Calm my heart, Lord Jesus. Calm my heart, I pray. Cast my cares upon you. Know my anxious ways. God, my full attention, where else can I go? You've been my source of strength, my confidence, my hope. Still my heart, Lord Jesus, still my heart, I pray. anxious ways Cause where else can I go Lord I just knew who knows my way so I'm just going to again invite you up and I just want to just encourage those who, who really feel that they have a, something that just might be in the way of them taking a step towards just walking more in confidence with the Lord to do that I'm not going to belay to linger this too long but I I just want to encourage you this morning if God's spirit is nudging you listen to his heart and um, the prayer team is waiting for you got my full attention distractions have been removed you got my full attention in the silence of this room Calm my heart, Lord Jesus, calm my heart, I pray, because where else can I go, Lord, when it's you who knows my way? So, Lord, there's a silence in this room, and I believe it's your spirit. Let us linger with you this morning. Let us be encouraged. Let our hearts be encouraged. Let the truths of your word speak to us. And for those, Lord, who are walking strong in you, Lord, may they just feel that what they've heard this morning would encourage their heart and they would continue to walk in, in the Spirit, depending upon the Spirit, fixing their eyes on Jesus Christ and surrendering their hearts to you because lord it's you who knows our way and we are blessed for that so lord we just want to say now thank you for your spirit being here and with this benediction we just want to say lord we ask for your blessings upon our lives this week as we go forward may you just show ourselves show yourself to us in the ways you want to in jesus name amen